Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, remember how well Tiger Woods played last week at the Valspar? Well, he's doing it again, this time at Bay Hill in Orlando. Woods fires a 4-under 68. We'll talk about his electric round in Orlando. The Rays, they announced their pitching rotation. We're going to tell you what that consists of and when we'll get to see that big bullpen. And we'll have the latest of the Bucks and free agency in a real interesting news conference with Eagles free agent defensive tackle Bo Allen, the best Bo drafted by the Bucks since, well, since Jackson. All this on the Friday edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. Hello, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Before I get started, I want to tell you about a special offer from Audible.com. Sign up now and get a free 30-day trial membership. That's a $15 value. And as a listener to this show, you'll get a free audiobook. Just go to audibletrial.com. That's spelled A-U-D-I-B-L-E trial.com slash sports day to take advantage of the deal. That's audibletrial.com slash sports day for a free 30-day trial membership and a free audiobook. So I mentioned Tiger Woods was added again, this time in Orlando at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. And despite a double bogey on the 12th hole, he posted that 468 to trail leader Henrik Stenson by four shots. That means he had a half dozen birdies on the course today. I'm telling you, it, it seemed to be almost as much excitement in crowds that we saw last week at the Valspar. And, of course, Tiger Woods is very familiar with this tournament. He's won it a bunch of times. But I, I am now convinced, Steve, that you know what we're watching is – it, that it's inevitable that Tiger Woods is going to win a golf tournament and probably win one soon. I mean, he was great on the par fives especially, which is a really good sign. I think he had birdies on all of those today. Um, you know, aside, like I said, from the trouble he got into there uh, early, I, I really think that his game is in is in control. And, you know, a lot of guys went low today. It was funny because we saw last week Rory McIlroy, you know, didn't make the cut. He had a real good day today. Some of the guys that didn't play well a week ago – played very well today, but Tiger seems to be managing his game quite well, and I was the guy that always said he wouldn't win another golf tournament. I, I now think that there's a chance he's going to win a major. In fact, Tiger Woods now is instilled as the favorite among betters to win the Masters. Unbelievable. I think he's playing pretty well, and he, he, today he even hit a 71-foot putt that was incredible. That was unreal, yeah. And Just it, a bomb. It was not a straight putt either. Yeah, and he bombed it. He oh. said, Just putt to the picture. That's what his dad always told him. Yep. But I think, you know, as far as winning a major, I think, you know, his game right now is capable of winning a major, but you still don't know if the back's going to hold out. I mean, this that's is, the key. You know, it's, right. a, it's a couple. He's played at the Honda. He played another one. He played at Valspar. Now, Took a week off, you know, then yeah, played the Valspar. Is, you know, long term, how will he hold up with this? You don't know. You hope he does well. Right. But, you know, uh, it, uh, it's still with an injury, you just don't know. Yeah, and and I mean, again, this has all got to be prefaced with that because that's the biggest thing. I mean, he's trying to do something with a – a fused vertebrae that's never been done in golf, which is to come back and play and win. Um, and so we we don't know week to week, even tournament to tournament or month to month. You know, just just at what point uh, it might too much might be. You know, might get him. But as far as his game goes, um, assuming that he is pain free and 
and can maintain his health, he's he's back in the competition mode. And I, I think what's surprising is just how quickly he's become competitive again. I mean, we're used to seeing him, you know, just try to manage his way through a round of golf without wincing and being in pain and having any idea where where the ball was going, let alone let alone being in contention. Well now he's in contention and he's playing some really good competitive golf. So Boy, it's fun to see him back, and and uh, you kind of hope he can keep it going. Although some guys went pretty low, so he's you know after one round he's down four shots, not one shot like he was at the Valspar. We'll see if he can post some big numbers. But if he's you know without some big trouble, I mean if he's if he's getting those par fives regularly, that's going to help him. He's going to go low a couple days himself. So this weekend, so, are you watching March Madness or are you watching Bay Hill? I will watch Bay Hill um, and flip back and forth to March Madness simply because. I, I want to, if Tiger stays in contention, I want to, I want to ride the wave. I, I, I still have a hangover from the Valspar, uh, Valspar experience. It's just, it's too fresh in my mind. So, you know, his reaction to some of the shots that he makes, like that, that 71 foot birdie putt, um, is priceless. You know, it's vintage Tiger and, and, and the crowds and everything. It's just really cool to see. And I don't know how long we're going to see it. So it, it might be, you know, Helly's Comet this time. It might not last very long. Um, so yeah, I think, I think there's plenty of tournament to go, but I don't know how long we're going to see Tiger Woods do, do what he's doing now. So, but a lot of good choices this weekend for sports. Absolutely. No doubt about it. So the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, not too soon for them, a little over a week or so before they start their regular season, Kevin Cash announced his pitching rotation today. So what is it, Kevin Cash? Starters, Chris Archer, which, uh, Congratulations to Arch. I think it's probably we can, it's easy for us to assume, but I believe this is number four for him now. That's that's saying something about the body of work that he's put together throughout his early career here, and how much we value him and count on him to go lead us uh, for the last four opening days. Then it'll be followed by Blake Snell. Uh, I've talked about Blake all year or all spring. How assertive he's gotten with uh, his approach to pitching and. It's shown in his performances. The third day, we're going to schedule in the bullpen day. Then we'll go with uh, Nate on game four, and game five will be Jake Faria. Uh, the reasoning behind the bullpen day on game three, uh, it just allows with all the off days for us to manage specifically Nate's workload uh, coming out of the gate. All right, so that means we're going to see Benjamin bullpen, but why on game three? Just because the bullpen day is on game three doesn't mean it's going to come back around and pitch the following day, uh, the following time through the rotation. Here's the thing that you have to wonder, too, is you have Chris Archer, who's your ace, and Blake Snell, who you would expect to be your second best pitcher, and these guys are going to put up, you know, a lot of innings. I mean, they're going to eat up a lot of innings, you would expect. So, what about the idea of splitting those two guys up? Yeah, there's potential to do that, but we wanted to get out of the gate. We wanted to do right by uh, Nate and manage his workload early on. And I don't want that blown out of proportion simply because he's fine, but it allows him to get an extra day, I think, his first two times through the rotation. Uh, but, you know, the, the luxury of that bullpen day in theory is that we're going to be able to slot it in when we feel there's a need. And if it's separating Blake and Arch and we feel that's the best day to do it, we'll do that. But at least this is the way they're going to start. And what that means is for Chris Archer, this will be his fourth straight opening day start. And that's something that David Price didn't do. Not even James Shields. What does that say about Chris Archer? I mean, that's a credit. I mean, look, you look at the innings he's provide, the, how deep he gets in the ballgames, the opportunities that he gives us to win. He's very deserving of it. Uh, a little bit different team this year with him 
taking on probably that we've all talked about, that leadership role. I think he's going to set a solid tone for us. Interesting comments right there because I'll tell you what I did hear and what I didn't hear. What I heard, Steve, was that he's going to eat up a lot of innings, um, that he's earned it, and beyond that, you know, not like he's our best pitcher and and his stuff is, is tremendous and we think he's dominant and won him against everybody's ace. I mean, kind of. I mean, he's kind of a, a nice thing to say about Arch, but didn't sound like he was describing you know the top of a bowl, of a of a rotation there, did he? No, but you know, based on that rotation, who else would you have start? I I don't know that you would. I mean, I think he's the obvious choice. I just I don't know when you hear people talk about opening day starters, you know. Yeah. I mean, look, the one thing we know Arch does is he's going to take the ball every four or five days, whatever they decide to do this year, and he's going to put up 200 innings, and he's going to have a ton of strikeouts. Beyond that, I can't tell you what his record's going to be, um, but there is value in that. I mean, there's value in knowing that, you know, you're going to, you're going to get a chance with Arch on the mound, you know, every five days. And, and you have a chance to win every five games. Yeah, you have a chance to win. So that makes him their ace. I get it. It's just, I don't know, there's... Look, Chris Archer, to me, um, has everything you need except he's so into the swing and miss stuff, which is there's nothing wrong with swing and misses because that means you have dominant stuff, which he does. But it's it's fastball slider. And I think if he ever, ever – and I talked you know, to, uh, to their pitching coach earlier this year about this. If he comes up with that, that changeup as something he can really rely on and he has three – um, he'll be unhittable. He can be and, dominant at that point. Yeah, at that point, because, you know, I think people just approach him different, and depending on what his fastball command is, you know, we know he has a wipeout slider, but sometimes, you know, teams teams know that too. And so when they get second, third time around, um, it makes a difference. But, look, uh, they're going to start with Arch. I, I couldn't imagine. Can you imagine them saying anything else? Um, and then Blake, we'll see how Blake Snell does behind him, because that's that's pretty high – you know, rent district for Blake Snell to be the number two on this staff. So righty lefty off the bat. And then uh, I guess the first time around, they'll go to the bullpen. So that'll be your rotation for the Tampa Bay Rays this year, which uh, starts in just, uh, what about 13, 13, 12, days. 13 days? 13 days. Yeah. So I mentioned that, uh, you know, the Bucks are in the middle of free agency, and the first guy they signed was Bo Allen, the defensive tackle from the Philadelphia Eagles, a guy who is a uh, noted. As a run stopper, he came in and signed a three-year, $15 million contract on Thursday, and we had a chance to uh, talk to him during his introductory press conference. Now, Bo is a, is a very he's a very affable guy, um, kid that was a seventh-round pick from the University of Wisconsin and doesn't know a soul. I mean, and, and of course, the players really can't be there until I think like April 7th or something. So basically coming in, meeting some of the support staff, some of the coaches, and then, you know, a bunch of reporters he's never seen before. But he handled himself very well, and I wanted to give you uh, some flavor about the Bucks' defensive tackle and just, you know, talk to him about, you know, some of the things that he'll bring as a Super Bowl champion and, and sort of what his journey has been and some, some personal things as well. Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, Bo Allen here. Uh, you know, excited to be with the Tampa Bay Bucks. I'm ready to get to work answer any questions you guys have. So we kind of started off the news conference. I asked him, you know, most guys make their decisions based on how much money they're going to get. And that may have been the case here with Bo. But what was it about the Buccaneers that seemed to appeal to him? 
Well, if we're talking about just purely football, it's a you know it's a defensive scheme that I'm pretty comfortable with. Uh, you know, in Philadelphia, the last couple of years, we actually watched a lot of tape from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, and you know, so there's a lot of carryover carryover with the scheme that I've done. Um, you know, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And going forward, which I'm excited about. And then, you know, a lot of good defensive linemen here. Uh, Gerald McCoy is a hell of a player, and I've seen him play a lot. And, uh, you know, he deserves all the honors that he gets, so I'm really excited to play next to him too. Well, it's always good to get a player who has made it to the mountaintop, as Bo did with the Philadelphia Eagles. And even though that wasn't always the case, you got to think that there was something of that magic that the Bucks want in their locker room. Yeah, I mean, we haven't really discussed it in those terms exactly, but um, – you know, I think that's that's definitely a part of it. I I pride myself on playing a pretty specific brand of football that, you know, did well for me in Philadelphia. And, uh, you know, I consider myself a, a tough, dependable, consistent uh, guy. And I think that's one thing that attracted, um, you know, me to the, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's one thing that they liked about me. And that's one thing that, you know, is not going to change. I'm going to keep, you know, being tough, being dependable, being accountable, uh, caring about my teammates, things like that. And, uh you know, I, I've heard a, a lot of good things about guys in the locker room here, so I'm excited to get to know them uh, in that sense, too. Now, the one thing we know about the Bucks and their free agency in recent years, particularly maybe last year with Chris Baker and the situation they had with the Redskins defensive tackle, and he's now gone after just one season, was it's not always been a close-knit locker room. I covered the Philadelphia Eagles in that Super Bowl last year, and to a man and a coach, they all talked about just how much genuine love they had for each other. And those relationships matter in the NFL, according to Bo. You know, for me, football really is about relationships. And, you know, I kind of talked about it a little bit earlier just briefly, but the relationships between players and players, players and coaches, players in the front office, um, you know, players in the media, everybody really. And I think that's one thing that uh, we did well in Philadelphia is just having guys that care about each other and play for each other. And, you know, you're going to have great guys and great relationships in every in every locker room you're in. Um you know, you're always going to have, uh, you know, characters and stuff like that and in a good way. Um, so that's that's one thing that I'm excited about here, getting to a new place, you know, kind of making those new friendships, creating those new relationships, and that's something that's really important to me. Um, but, yeah, I think that's a big part of the game. When you when you have a group of guys that care a lot about each other and they play together and they play for each other, that can go a long way. It sounds kind of corny, but, uh, you know, I believe that. It's got to be a little bit humbling when you're coming from a Super Bowl team to one that's 5-11 and 11 of the, as the Buccaneers are and have not made even the postseason in 10 years. What about that transition? You know, we won the Super Bowl in Philadelphia last year, but it wasn't all, uh, you know, roses before that. We had we had tough seasons, too, and, you know, I played with under Chip Kelly, and we were 7-9 and nine and, and stuff like that, and that's the nature of the game. That's how it goes in the NFL. There are a lot of really good teams um, out there and it's you know don't don't uh, get me wrong at all winning is it's not easy in the NFL at all it takes a lot of a lot of blood sweat and tears a lot of effort um, you know a lot of dirty work that I think a lot of people don't really realize so uh, that's one thing that I'm excited about I want to be a, a, in a place that 
you know, is going to take when you when you go through those those tough times and you work, and then you get the the rewards and the success of of winning, that it makes it that much better. Um, you know, so I'm not afraid of that. I'm not afraid to work at all. That's you know, that's why I'm here, uh, and I'm really excited about the opportunity and the challenge. I had a chance to talk to Bo and get aware of some of his off-field endeavors, and he's very active in breast cancer awareness. That's because his mom is a survivor of breast cancer, and he shared that story with us. You guys have seen it in the media a ton, and, uh, you know, guys that are in the NFL, we have such a platform to speak out and help people. And I love, uh, you know, getting out there in the community, meeting people. You know, I talked about relationships earlier, and that's, that's a big part of it. So uh, just to share a little bit of my personal story, I guess, you said it a little bit when I was 12, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. Um, you know, it's a tough time for me and my family just to watch her battle through that battle through, uh, you know, going through chemotherapy and, and, and that kind of thing. It's a, it's a tough situation. So I try to get out there and meet, uh, families that are going through, uh, uh, you know, similar situations and just help them out any way I can. Breast cancer awareness month has been a big month in the, in the NFL. Um, so I try to get involved with that as much as possible. And I'm, Definitely going to continue to do that. In fact, you'll notice he has very long hair. That's also in honor of his mom. I grew my hair out long just to kind of remind me of my mom and, uh, you know, what she's been through and how, you know, the game of football is tough sometimes, but not nearly as tough as the the everyday struggles that people are going through that you never really hear about. Um, so I always braid it uh, with a pink bow in during Breast Cancer Awareness Month. I'm, I'm going to continue doing that and Definitely, I'm looking forward to getting involved in the community here in Tampa and, you know, meeting people and, I don't know, getting the lay of the land, I guess. Now, talk to Bo for any length of time. You realize that he has a good sense of humor and a good sense of self. He went to Wisconsin, and I can tell you my wife went there, so that's kind of a fun school. And he had this elephant costume that he wore at Halloween back at Wisconsin. Well, he decided to wear it on a social media dating app, Bumble, and believe it or not, it actually worked. So I have a girlfriend. I'm a, let's get that out of the way early in the presser because I'm sure she's probably watching this. Um, no, nah, that was a funny story, man. I, I was in Madison where I you know, went to college, and I was messing around wearing an elephant costume uh, on Halloween. And uh, I put, put up a Bumble profile of just me and the, only the elephant costume. It was a good time. I mean, I like to have a good time, you know. Uh, that, was a fun, that was a fun situation. It ended up working, yeah, because I got uh, – Met my girlfriend on Bumble, and here we are. What's always interesting and rewarding is to see a guy uh, like Bo Allen that has been a seventh-round pick. It's very hard to make a roster when you're drafted that low. Teams have very little money invested in you. Bo not only made the Philadelphia Eagles, but actually became a pretty important rotational player for them on that defense that was number one against the run. And now to see him rewarded with his first free agent contract, pretty humbling. And he had a chance to reflect on that journey. Sometimes I get a little uncomfortable talking about myself and things I've been through just because I don't really like to toot my own horn like I was saying earlier. But, um, you know, I say that right before I'm about to well, toot my own horn. <laughs> right. But, no, it has it has been a, a, you know, a long journey for me. And when you, when you have, you know, big moments in your career like, you know, coming down here to Tampa Bay for me, uh, you kind of you get the time to reflect on it and, uh, you know, I've been through a lot. There are a lot of guys with a lot of stories in the NFL that have overcome a lot of things, and I think that's uh, one of the things that makes the NFL so intriguing and, um, you know, gets everybody tuned in. But, um, yeah, I was drafted in, in the seventh round to Philadelphia and kind of a lot of hard work, um, carved myself a nice little a role there. And, 
you know, I was ready to, to take on a bigger starting role before the season last year. I ended up tearing my pec, um, which was unfortunate, but, you know, that's how it goes. So, um, you know, rehabbed, came back real, real quick from that and played and had a great year and ended up winning a Super Bowl. And now here I am in Tampa Bay. So it's been, I mean, it's been a, it's been a long journey, but, um, you know, I wouldn't trade it for the world and I'm happy to be down here. Uh, really happy with the way everything's worked out. It's worked out really well for me. And, um, I guess, I guess to kind of wrap it up, I think, a lot of a lot of work has gotten me to this point, and that's not going to change at all. You know, I'm here to work. I'm here to here to play football, and I'm really excited about it. So the Bucks are still very active in free agency. In fact, they had a visit on Thursday that concluded with Ravens center Ryan Jensen. He went on to Indianapolis to see the Colts. That was something that he actually insisted on. He wanted to visit both teams before he made a decision. So even though they didn't reach an agreement with him, and he did get on a plane, doesn't mean necessarily. Uh, that he's going to Indianapolis for good. In fact, uh, you know, I think Jensen wants to play center and might have more of a chance to do that if they were to move Ali Marpet uh, back to guard more so than in Indianapolis, where I think they're looking at him as strictly a guard. So we'll have to follow that as well. And also, free agent defensive end Alex Okafor visited the Bucks on Thursday, but he left without immediately signing. Now, there's mutual interest. Remember, Okafor played for... Bucks defensive line coach Brinson Buckner when he was in Arizona. He had eight sacks for him in 2014. Last year, he played for the Saints, and he was having a great year. He had four and a half sacks in ten games, but then he tore his Achilles. And you know, that injury is still coming around. He's going to miss all of OTAs, but expected to be fully recovered in time for training camp. So there's mutual interest there. Okafor has some things to decide, and I think there's a pretty good chance that you might see him back here in Tampa Bay. Also around the NFL, uh, some other news. The Oakland Raiders, boy, they were busy. Michael Crabtree is released. And guess who's going to see Chucky? Jordy Nelson. Muscle. No. <laughs> right. Jordy Nelson is correct. I was thinking more about Doug Martin, though. Yeah, him too. But you're right. They're both going. I'll tell you what, man. Muscle hamster. I got fired from Tampa Bay just like Doug did. You know what I mean? So they're birds of a feather out there in Oakland. And, hey, you know what? Doug Martin had his best game against the Raiders. Remember that 250-yard game he had out there? He's he's always played well for whatever reason on the on the West Coast. So, look, I I like Doug. I wish him well. I'm not sure. I don't know how much they invested in him. I hadn't seen the contract numbers yet, but you know, here's a guy that for the last five years anyway failed to get 500 yards. But maybe he'll be uh, reignited out there in Chucky's offense. All right, so you got the big St. Patrick's Day coming up, and what better thing to do than to go see your Tampa Bay Lightning, if you can get a ticket to this one, folks. Play the Boston Bruins. What a game that will be. Everybody's looking forward to that. Well, the Bruins lost on Thursday night to the Panthers, got shut out 3 nothing. so the Lightning remained four points ahead of the Bruins. And they've got a bunch of injuries, right? We're not sure who's even going to play for them. Yeah, they got players like uh, Bergeron, Chara, uh, McAvoy, uh, DeBrusque, all will be out Saturday. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter who they play because if you talk to Rick Bonus, he says the Bruins are not going to beat themselves. There's a team, they play the right way. They play hard, and they don't beat themselves. It's going to be that type of game, and they're not going to make a lot of mistakes. And they're, going to, they, they're, they're fast, they're, they're, and they've got good, yeah, good team speed and uh, good team structure, and they, don't, they play the right way. They don't, they don't make a lot of mistakes. And we're going to have to be very patient with our game and, and take advantage of it when they do. But uh, it, that's, this is going to be one tough contest, there's no question. Uh, so looking forward to that. Man, so much to watch about this weekend. You've got that game. You've got, uh, of course, Bay Hill, we mentioned with Tiger Woods. 
uh, the NCAA tournament. I guess Miami went down. Was Loyola, Loyola of Chicago. Loyola of Chicago. They haven't been in the tournament, I think, since the 80s. Yeah, so you still got Florida was playing on uh, Thursday night, I believe. Yeah, they're playing as, we're, um, as we speak, so that game's not yeah. done yet. So, Florida State will uh, play Friday night. Yeah, it's just it's one, it's one of the best times of the year. I mean, you still you know, spring training is still here. We're not quite to the start of the regular season, but, boy, it's getting awfully close. So enjoy the weekend, folks, and we'll talk about it all on Monday morning. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times for Steve Bursnick. Have a great weekend, everybody. 